Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james, netsuite.com slash james netsuite.com slash james this isn't your average business podcast and he's not your average host this is the james altucher show on the choose yourself network today on the james altucher show in general people say it's better to own a home um, do you have anything to add to their <laughs> argument? I don't own a home. I mean, I think like I've always felt guilty a lot of times about not doing it. But Why? then, because I think for that very reason, because it's been imbued in me, you know, about home ownership and hey, you are throwing away money. Well, let's just examine the math of that. Compound interest, this is my favorite calculator. <laughs> if you look at the actual numbers, owning a home and going to college, which everybody does, you basically cost yourself between one and five million dollars, depending on how you do it in the time of your life, which was the money you needed to retire. And yes. and uh, without doing anything else, you could have, just by not owning a home and not going to college, all of your kids will be able to take care of themselves. Wow. All right, uh, Steve Cohen on the podcast with me. We're answering questions and just and just riffing. Yes, it's exciting to be back with you, James. So I wanted to talk about, I wanted to update something I wrote about a long time ago, which were the Ten Commandments of the American religion. I feel like advertising and marketing and branding has created these beliefs among U.S. citizens that have hurt our society, hurt everybody's pocketbooks and and people irrationally argue to the bone to stand up for these things that are just not so smart so the so so one of them which 
you know, everybody will argue with me about, and I get it, but one of them is owning a home. Everybody wants to, everybody feels like it's a good thing to own a home. They say you're, if you're renting, you're flushing money down the toilet. Sure. And if you own a home, it, the, the idea is it goes up in value and it's a good source of savings as opposed to the stock market. It's very rare for home prices to go down. It's only happened once in the past 60 years, which is a financial crisis. And in general, people say it's better to own a home. Um, do you have anything to add to, 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 <laughs> to their argument? Because um, I, mean, I, I don't own a home. I mean, I think like I've always felt guilty a lot of times about not doing it. But Why? then I just because I think for that very reason, because it's been imbued in me, you know, about home ownership and hey, you are throwing away money and you need to, you know. Well, you, let's you just examine something. the math of that. So, so. In New York City, let's yeah. just make numbers up. Yeah, sure. Okay, a typical rent might be five thousand dollars. Sure. Right, and for like a what a one bedroom apartment? Yeah, it's it, probably between like three and four thousand for one bedroom to rent. You know, but yeah. sure, let's let's just say five thousand. Yeah. And now for Both one bedroom, our listeners in Oklahoma and <laughs> no, New York you know, City is disgusting. You yeah, should not live exactly. in. Don't live in Manhattan. Like right. like like when you had moved to Cold Spring, you weren't paying. When I moved, of, to, when I moved to Cold Spring, though. At some point, I realized, oh my gosh, this is easy to live here. Like right. the rent's nothing, and it's beautiful, and it's nature. And then I had to move back to New York City. But if you don't have to live here, you probably shouldn't live here. It's, yeah, it's too expensive to live here. So, so, but let's just look at it. You so know, yeah, if you let's say you're paying five thousand, and month. what would you pay? What, how how much would it cost to own a one bedroom apartment in the same building? Um, that where you're spending maybe 5, six 000. or seven hundred thousand. I mean, no, then it'd be like a million, probably. Yeah, yeah. so a million. Right. Okay. So in one case, you're paying five thousand a month. Let's just right. look at today. How much money is in your bank account? Sure. And then we'll look at five years from now. So, so I don't want to get too much into right. math. It's not going to be boring. Yeah. But uh, if I wanted to buy a million dollar home, I've got to put down probably two hundred fifty or three hundred thousand dollars. Yes. So the guy who's paying. Five thousand a month rent. Where is he finding the three hundred thousand dollars to buy the exact same apartment? Yeah. And then, okay, you have a seven hundred thousand dollar mortgage, right? If you're putting three hundred thousand dollars down, yes. and you're paying about a six percent interest right. rate, is sure. that what interest yes. rates are? So, so, so you're taking a seven hundred thousand dollars at a six percent interest rate. So that's uh, that's about almost four thousand a year. So right. instead of so now you just gave three hundred thousand dollars to right. the bank. And you borrowed seven hundred thousand dollars. So now instead of paying five thousand dollars a month rent, you're paying four thousand dollars in just interest. Right. Okay. So that's money you are throwing down the toilet because that's just right. the interest payment. And let's say you got a thirty-year mortgage and um, taxes, maintenance. So taxes and and then maintenance. You're probably spending like up to eight thousand, six yeah. to eight thousand dollars a month, exactly. and it's volatile. You don't know how much you're going to pay because of the maintenance. Yeah. Could be ten thousand one month, zero the next month. The taxes. You have no control. The government tells you how much you owe in housing taxes. You have no control over that. Yeah. You, you with your income, you kind of have control over the taxes you pay. The more money you make, the more taxes you yeah, pay. Yeah, interesting. With with housing, they tell you what your house is worth and what taxes you pay. And people argue with this all the time. It's not fair. And and, and so and you, what kind of tax deduction are you getting? Like, you don't get any tax deduction anymore on the interest payments. That's a new tax oh, wow. the Trump tax laws. Oh, interesting. So so. So, which could be an argument for t housing prices going down in the future because sure. well, big benefit of ha owning yep. a home, getting that deduction no longer exists. So, so you know, you get some. I mean, I feel like so many people. I mean, house. No, 
I mean, Google, we can Google it, but yeah. okay, let's, no, no. Let's, let's say you get a tax deduction, okay? Yeah, I think you definitely do. You still it's, it's pay, probably reduced. You instead know? of paying 5000 a month sure. rent, let's just compare. Renting, you're paying 5000 a month rent and, and owning, you're out $300,000 yeah. cash. Like, you can't borrow that. Right. That's the amount you're just yeah. out, is gone from your bank account. Right. And you're paying more money per month. You're paying six to eight thousand right. a month minimum. Right. right. Maybe more. Right. Right. And so so yeah. so so where's the throwing the money down the toilet? You're throwing the money down the toilet when you own. Now, so so let's look at the other side of that. You're you're not making, you know, let's see housing yeah. goes up six percent. Right. Oh, here's my phone. That's your mortgage broker. No, it's uh, seamless because I always order. Like, hold on, I'm going to answer it on the podcast. Hello? Yeah, this is James. You're out of avocado. How could you be out of avocado? My daughter needs her avocado. What kind of what kind of protein? Okay, tuna. Regular tuna. No problem. Thank you. Seamless. Bye. All right. It's about time <laughs> Seamless gets a little... Seamless is our sponsor. No. <laughs> that would be great if Seamless is our sponsor and that was the ad. Yeah, let's let's. Like, they gave great service. you're so great to them and you love their avocado service. <laughs> well, but no. Seamless, they were, we're going to reach out to you. up and they're willing... See here? Okay, we're going to get to grocery stores in a second. Yes, so yes. that'll be next. That's not part of the Ten Commandments <laughs> of the American religion. No, it kind of is, actually. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, so, so, so again, the, the benefit of owning home then is that you might make more money than you would have. Right. If you, if you're, so, so let's, so in, in, again, when you're renting, you have an extra $300,000 in your pocket. Yes. Which, by the way, it's not trivial. Like, sure. like you could sleep at night with the extra three hundred thousand dollars in, right. in your bank. But, but, and potentially you can make uh, money with that. So, I don't know. And it's not. It's not a given that every piece of real estate makes money. I've owned yeah. houses several times and lost money each time. I gotta be honest because, like, I think I I brought up my discomfort at not owning and. Um, and I think sometimes it may not make sense to pay at New York City to buy something at New York City prices, right? We're looking I agree through with those that. lens. If you were, but in, I, agree. I think that's true you for are, all the U.S. That's though. fine, you know. But I do think I felt a little bit differently when I started working with you because you're a guy who had a ton of money and you know had a lot of money and then lost it. But then you made it again. Then you lost it. But then you made it again and. So even if you did all those Why are things, you making me feel bad on the podcast? <laughs> I think it's amazing. I think it's actually inspiring to everybody out there, which is um, but I think so you're kind of, you know, like what do I would say, like you start from where you are and you you know, we spend a lot of time feeling guilty about certain things. And yes, it could be the collective pressure of society thinking you need to do this a certain way. Well, I think it's and, because I think it's because like, you know, from what I understand, this may or may not be this is what I've read and what I've heard, but let's just take it with a grain of salt. Um, Fannie Mae or some part of the real estate industry is what created the notion. Uh, it, it was a marketing sure. turn, the yeah, American dream. The idea of owning a house in the suburbs with a yard and the white picket fence, that became this mythology of the, the American dream. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it was just a marketing scam because they lend you the money and that you know Fannie Mae backs a lot of the loans yes, that, for sure. from from the banks. So so they make money on every 
person who borrows money to buy a house. So of course they're going to have all this. And then here's the other thing too, the hundred million people or so who own homes, they are incentivized to say it's better to own a home because they don't want people to stop owning yeah, homes because sure. that's how prices rise. Yeah. So it's they'll always argue. Bias yeah, them. there's yeah. confirmation bias and there's also kind of um, self-interest uh, yeah. to get other people to do what you've done, particularly if it helps prices rise in your yeah. area. Uh, but but you know the other thing is, and I, I'm, I'll take the, I'll play devil's advocate against myself. Some people really do like the roots of knowing yes. for the next 18 years. You know, they their kids yeah. are zero. They'll grow up with the same yeah. friends and the same school system. Like I rent an apartment yeah. right now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay there yeah. more than three years. Say, sure. But the average American buys and sells a house every four and a half years. So that's the churn. That's the average churn on yeah. home ownership. So so that argument doesn't really that argument works, and I get it. Except the fact that in practice it doesn't happen for most people. If, right. if the average is four and a half. Some people hold it for 20 years. Some people only hold it home for one or two years. Yeah. I think what I've learned, you know, probably it's been reinforced since working with you is obviously like there, as you have a chance to kind of question why we do things, we're going to get to your other nine commandments. But I think yeah, it's not one size fits all. And I think we waste a lot of energy trying to adhere to cultural mores for whatever reason they've been you know, engendered upon us, you know, and we waste rather than saying, okay, what is actually best for me? You know? And so for some people, yeah, they might be able to justify it or they may be able to irrationally explain it. Like, you know, in behavioral economics, right? A lot of people do things and they spend money on certain things and skimp on others. And they have a reason for feeling okay about it. It doesn't bother them that much about it. You know? Right. Like let's say, someone takes that $300,000 instead yeah. of, and, and they don't buy a house. Here's the thing also about buying a house yeah. as an investment. I get it why you might want to do it as an investment if, you, if you're a big yeah. believer in real estate. But who would take, here's the, here, here are the qualifications of a bad investment. It's, it's all your money, you're borrowing also, yeah. and it's illiquid, meaning you can't, like a stock I could sell tomorrow, but a house, yeah. Uh, what exactly when you need the cash is exactly when you can't sell right. it. So cuz like when the economy's tanking you can't sell your house and you need the cash. So you're so now you're suddenly depressed and stressed. You know, okay. Now I remember you had this argument with or this conversation with Jim Norton when you were on his show. And he said, "Well, I like to own a house, you know, cuz they asked you about living in Airbnbs, which is decidedly not owning anything." Right, you know, and then anything. he said, "Well, I feel I live in the city. I feel comfortable. It just gives me something. I know if everything else, you know, uh, falls to pot for me, at least I still have my apartment." But but city. that's not true though, because yes. if you don't pay back the bank and you don't pay back the and you don't pay your, your that, taxes, you're that <laughs> If you don't pay your city taxes, you're which by the way you're paying more, yeah. you're, you're paying more than rent for your, your interest and the taxes and the maintenance. If you don't pay for any of these things, right? The bank's gonna, you don't own your house. The bank's gonna take it, or the government's gonna take it, or your house is gonna fall apart if you don't pay the maintenance. Yeah, for sure. For so, sure. so I'm not sure you have you actually have anything. And even when you own it outright, you still have the taxes and the maintenance. Sure. Which could be as much as rent in some years. Uh, uh, so, so I'm gonna just figure out if you have, let's say you're 30 years old and you're gonna buy a house in New York City. Now again, it's different than than other places. Um, and, and and let's say you compound at six percent, right? Which is low. Um, oh, years to grow thirty. Let's just say thirty years. You're going to own it from thirty to sixty, 
annual edition zero. Hold on, I'm using my compound interest calculator. Oh, this is not working. I have to find another compound interest calculator. Money Chimp, you cannot be a sponsor of this <laughs> podcast. Okay, so 300,000, length of time, 30 years, interest rate, 6%, compound annually, calculate. Okay, so that $300,000 in 30 years would turn into 1.723 million. So, and that's only compounding at 6%. You know, right. if you go to, there's a lot of different ways you can make more, 6% is like conservative. Sure. The stock market goes up on average like 7 or 8% yeah. per year. And there's, and that's just passively investing in the stock market. So, uh, I mean, and, and yeah. one percentage point, people don't realize makes a big difference. So let's just say 7% um the same time period everything else the same that's 2.3 million dollars with that 300,000 so it's not such a bad thing and it's yes. probably less risky because you could diversify more and it's more liquid so you sure. can get access to cash when you need it um 2.3 million dollars enough to retire on by the time you're 60. yeah absolutely and yeah. and so I don't, again, I don't see. And move to a cheaper place than a $5,000 apartment. Well, once the kids are uh, yeah. out of the house, move yeah. to a cheaper place yeah. or move out of the city for one thing. Yeah. Um. So, so again, I don't see, uh, the only benefit I really see is the confidence that you could stay there for 18 years, given yeah. that you're going to pay more money, you're going to take more financial risk and it's a worse investment yeah. and you can't get out of this investment even if you want to. So that's the only benefit I see. And it's interesting because, you know, you'd written a great post about this and you were just talking about how this is considered to be the biggest kind of blasphemy, right? Like you said, you could talk, you could say other, like these are among the things that people could say about like, hey, you need to own a home. You need to go to college and some of these other ones. And you've, you've written about this before and what's the kind of reaction you usually get? People get really angry. Like <laughs> I once was giving a talk. So I used to be a spokesperson for Fidelity and I was once giving a talk for them. And I said this in the talk and people like, people were like, really, they were like screaming at me. Um, you know, uh, cause you, cause you can't, cause it's, again, it's, it's a, yeah. a cognitive bias, confirmation yeah. bias, and you're arguing against, you know, the, the, the asset prices going up for them. You know, if you're yeah. saying, if you're telling people don't buy a home, that's like telling someone who owns Apple, yeah. oh, I'm going to tell everybody else in the world to not buy Apple. Stock. Sure. So, so people get very upset because um, they feel a, like you're jeopardizing their investment. And just yeah. think about it; it's the biggest financial risk many people will yeah. ever take in their entire lives. Sure. But at the same time, most people then don't have money for retirement. Like less than five percent of people, when they yeah. retire, have more mo than enough money to, to last them a year. Right. And so here, I just gave you away. Oh, instead of putting the money down in the house, you have two point three million dollars yeah. when you retire. It's not trivial. Yeah. So. So like you look at all these big things that people spend money on and then you wonder why they can't afford retirement. So the next commandment yeah. is of course college educations. Now I've talked and written about this a lot, but let's just update this a little bit. Yeah. Since 1977, tuitions have gone up faster than inflation by 10%, not on average, but every single year has gone up 10% or more faster than inflation every single year. Medical costs have gone up faster than inflation every year since 1977 also by about 3%. So tuitions yeah. by far, why, why are tuitions going up so much? And, and meanwhile, student loan debt is a trillion and a half dollars, more than a trillion and a half dollars now. Who has student loan debt? Kids age 18 to 35. 
guess what? Wages for people ages 18 to 35 have been flat versus inflation yeah. since 1992. So that's 27 years now, wages have been flat for the exact people who were debt, yeah. student loan debt has been going up. And then on top of it, student loan debt, oddly, is the only kind of debt you can't get rid of uh, in a bankruptcy. So Steve, if I owe yeah. you money and then and then you want the money back and I go bankrupt, I don't have to pay you. Wow. <laughs> and but or if I owe the bank yeah. money for a house, I don't have to pay the bank. Sure. But if I owe the you know the government money for a stu yeah. student loan and the government also set up this company Sally Mae, kind of like Fannie Mae but for student loans. Yeah. If I owe the government money, the government will come in and chase me for the rest of my life yes. and get those student loans for me, right. whether I'm bankrupt or not. Right, and I've and I've read a lot of articles about that. You know, just the just the relentlessness of student debt and how it's really affected a lot of those people. Now, I'll play the I'll play the devil's advocate too, but like maybe then it's okay. Maybe don't go to a school that costs seventy five thousand dollars a year. Maybe go to a cheaper school. I agree. Yes, but more schools than ever are costing yes. more than yes. fifty thousand. Like try to find yes. a school in the top one hundred, um, particularly if it's yeah. out of state. That yes. where, uh, for you know, sure. Like yeah. like like what what school did you go to? University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. University uh, of Michigan. My dad yeah. went there as well. Yeah, great place to go. And we had a recent podcast guest, right? Who went to the um, Jordan Harbinger. Uh, Brad Meltzer. Brad Meltzer. Oh, yeah, Brad. Man. Yeah, Brad actually spoke at uh, Michigan Law School the other day. So University of Michigan, which is a, a public school, yes. right? It's owned by the government. Yes. The out-of-state tuition is $43,000 a year. It's Yeah, I mean, and it's... That was 2016, so it's probably more yeah, right now. Yeah, I think it's definitely more. And... Yeah, and... And and it was cheap. It was, it was probably twenty seven thousand yes, when you went. Yes, which obviously long time. So, ago. so it's gone yeah. up. It's gone up faster than inflation. Yes, yes. and it's going to continue to go faster than inflation. And again, you get a loan for that. You're paying six. So you're not paying. For, uh, okay, let's. Uh, where's my calculator? And when so, you went to Cornell, like, yeah, same I, kind of thing. Oh yeah. yeah, I borrowed money, but I graduated a year early wow. to, to avoid. Paying and I paid oh, for wow. everything, oh, right? Wow. I paid for all my tuition, no, I and I I borrowed all the money, and I pay. I actually, believe it or not, won some chess tournaments <laughs> that helped me pay. And and I was work. I worked. I probably worked forty hours a week at jobs on top of the six courses a semester oh, wow. I was taking because I wanted to graduate early. Wow. Uh, to not pay, and then I took courses every semester, every summer. Um, but let's say you couldn't even enjoy the amazing social life that Ithaca. I I, I was not able to so let, uh, okay let's say forty five thousand times four is what one hundred eighty thousand right yeah um so one hundred eighty thousand and uh what we're gonna we're gonna pay this back over thirty years uh we're gonna pay what what's what's interest on the student loan um that I do not know. let's just say it's six percent yeah six percent quite conservative yeah yeah conservative I'm being as conservative as possible so somebody going to University of Michigan they're not paying a hundred and Forty hundred eighty thousand dollars tuition. They're paying one million thirty-three thousand dollars tuition. Wow! Because of the interest, and you can't get rid of that. And they're not making any more money than people did, yeah, twenty-seven years ago when tuitions were much less. So what are you getting in your college education that's worth a million? Like, let's say you start working a job at the yeah. age of eighteen. Right. So now instead of spending fifty thousand a year, you're making yes. fifty thousand a year, and you're saving it, and you're yeah. and you don't have the debt. Like you're saving on this million dollars. So right. presumably you could, as you accumulate money, you could invest it instead of putting it sure. into paying down your debt. What 
people say, oh, well, you can't get a job. If it, you're telling me if you start at 18 accumulating yeah. skills, uh, uh, you can't, yeah. in 30 years, not only will you have avoided paying off a million dollars for your tuition, you would have made a million plus the interest on sure. that. So, uh, what, you know, actually, no, in, in 30 years, you, you, you would make probably, all right, we're going to start off with zero. We're going to use compound interest. This is my favorite calculator. <laughs> we're going to contribute. Let's just say you only make 40000 a year. Okay, you don't have a college tuition, so sure. you have some job making sure. 40000 a year. I'm being, again, conservative, 30 years. Uh, and let's say when you invest, you only make 4%. I'm being extra conservative. Right. So you didn't go to college, but you start off making sure. 40000 sure. a year, and you never add to your salary. Your salary right. always stays 40000 because people think incorrectly yeah. that you won't get a good job and you'll not, you'll yeah. always be working in a bodega or something. Um, let's see how much you'll have. You'll have $26 million. Wow. <laughs> so that that's, that's if you, if you always save and you start yeah. off at 18 and by the time you're 48, maybe, right. uh, no, Seems a lot of money. No, but I'm, I'm looking at the thing. I'm, I'm amount of money you have available initially zero amount that you plan to add. Oh, oh, shoot. Thank I did you. I did it wrong. I did it wrong. Okay. That's, that's Let's why say, I need to go to college, take some math classes. 4000 a month, uh, uh, 4% interest. Uh, okay, $2.7 million. Sure. So, sure. so yes. again, and now that's that's in a world where most people are going to college and they don't, they're retiring with less than a year's worth of money. They can never yeah. retire because they're, they're, they're spending their whole, yeah. you, you're not finished paying your student loans off until your 40s or 50s. So what so so let's play the devil's advocate now. The benefit is A, you can get jobs like yeah. doctor or lawyer. There's some sure. jobs jobs yeah, sure. where by law you have to go yeah. to college. But forget yeah. those for a second. Yeah, yeah. You know, to be a computer programmer, you don't need a uh, by law you don't need a degree and you can get more skills at Khan yeah, Academy or Code yeah. Academy yeah. than you would in college because college is a little bit just by yeah. definition their textbooks are a few years out of date and you can actually start working instead of just always working to pay back your debt. Um, I mean, what's the argument for college? Um, friends, socialization. Yes. You know. But uh, let's say you were interested yeah, in yeah. being a television producer, right? You were a yes, TV news yes, producer for years. News producer. If you didn't go to college now, yes. you could start off as an intern at 100%. the age of 18 yeah. at NBC, and yeah. you'll rise up after you know the people. No one's going to ask you, well, where was your degree? Yeah. yeah. Well, you, yes. Uh, I'm more, yeah, I wonder if, there, if that's a barrier to entry. You know, there have been people who didn't graduate or, you know, go to college. You know, I don't think Peter Jennings went. You know, there are other people who, so yes. Or conceivably you could start there and then start college for a semester just to get in and then drop out and then you could rise say, up. You, yeah. Like no one's ever asked to see my degree. No, like potentially, it out too. <laughs> potentially I could have, I mean, I suppose someone in a background check could call my alma yeah. mater and say to James go there yeah. they would say yes hopefully and yeah. and and graduated but uh, uh, A I almost didn't graduate yeah. I kind of had to cheat in order because uh, uh, I was graduating uh, in three years you needed wow. at least a 3.0 GPA wow. I had a 2.999 wow. and I was getting a D minus that last wow. semester in Fortran and I begged the professor just give me a D plus so I wow. could graduate and he did he just turned wow just said he changed the minus to a plus <laughs> and handed it in and so, so I got D lucky D plus rather than a D minus or like is it C plus 
No, no. To, 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 I just okay. need to move my 2.999 yeah, up yeah, to sure. a 3.0. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Out of like, be greedy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. so, wow. uh, but the, 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 your point is about the socialization and the friends. Yeah. If you were in a city and working, wouldn't you be able to make some friends? Yes. <laughs> and you're 18? But you know what's interesting? So, like, I, Charles Barkley, there's a college basketball player named Zion Williamson, and he hurt himself the other day at a game that was like, duke north carolina and president obama was there and a lot of people and it was a very public thing because he's this luminary in college sports and people are like dude you're gonna be the number one pick in the draft just sit out you don't need to play like you know like protect your your benefit and i heard charles barkley say you know listen when did we become that obsessed about money where money is everything you know you're a basketball player you play basketball you know can't you do that for the school you made a commitment you know what it made me think about you know, what you're talking about, like, I like to say the cynic knows the cost of everything, the value of nothing, you know, but I think we, look, you know, you uh, wrote the book, Choose Yourself. So what essentially you're saying is choose yourself, right? So right. And you don't, you don't, you don't need the blessings of, let's say, right. I'll, I'm going to keep picking on University of Michigan, Sure. but you don't need the blessings of University of Michigan to, to signal that that you're a computer programmer or a competent news producer or whatever, yeah, you can course. earn it through skill acquisition and you can earn it the hard way by yeah. working hard. Like yeah, you said sure. the other day, actions yeah. are yeah. more important than thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. so now the the idea that a diploma somehow has conferred credibility on you is just a, a thought, I a agree. dream. No, I agree. I mean, I went to undergrad for computer science and I went to grad school for computer yeah. science, and I had to take remedial computer classes to be as good as the worst programmer at my first job. So it, it didn't really yeah. give me that much value. Now, I do agree you do meet like-minded friends and it helps you sure. kind of socialize from youth to adulthood. But think about it this way too. As an adult, like I'm 51 years old. I don't think I have any, even a single friend who's 51 years old. As an right. adult, you're not really friends with people your age. Right. Like, how old are you? I'm 49, I'll be 50. You right, know, so you would have yeah. been like a little kid. Yeah, no. <laughs> you would have been in 10th grade when I'm told you. Jay, how no, old are please. you? 30. He's 30, so Jay's 21 years older than yeah. me. Robin's yeah. here, yeah. she's not my age. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think... I'm not going to say we're not you gonna have say a woman's age on the James, air. you have friends who are your age, and as you know. and um, But I don't even... Okay, let's say... like I, I think, like let's say you're 18 or and you want to go to college and... You say, I'm not sure if I want to go to law school. I might want to go to look. I love the law. You know, I watched, you know, uh, LA Law and I watched Legally Blonde and I love it and I want to go to law. Like, how do you know unless you try, right? Yeah. So, and, that, and if you want to be, a, uh, but so, how do you know? Like, so, unfortunately, some professions, right, legally, it's against the law to not yes. go to college. Right. Um, but, but, okay, yes, you're right for there. If I want then to be a lawyer, you, or you want to be a doctor, you know, and you say, hey, I love, you know, but yeah, I think what you're saying is like there seems to be a conventional religion where we're all kind of, you know, whether it's culturally or these mores where we're all kind of, there's a group think and it's not. There are more people than you think don't need to adhere to that. I have to say Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, 
I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The famous Abraham Lincoln quote says, good things come to those who wait. I wonder, did he really say that? Jay, did he really say that? Can you look that up? Regardless of who said it, that's only part of the quote. The full quote is, good things come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. Well, if you're a business owner and want the best people on your team, the same applies. And listen, I've interviewed 1,500 people now and a lot of entrepreneurs. I can safely say the one thing consistent among all entrepreneurs and CEOs, the, the successful ones, is that it's all about the people you surround yourself. You, if you hire well, you're going to have a great business. And you know, thankfully, ZipRecruiter puts the hustle in your hiring. So you find qualified candidates fast. This is so important, and I, I want you to try it. You could try it as a potential employer or employee. You could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter's smart technology finds top talent for your roles right away. Immediately after you post your job, if you're hiring, ZipRecruiter's matching technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I will tell you that I signed up on ZipRecruiter as a potential employee. You know, I just wanted to see how it works. And right away, it started matching me with really amazing potential employers. So give it a try at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Let ZipRecruiter give you the hiring hustle you need. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash James to try it for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. The other argument, which is related to the socialization, and I think this argument is maybe the strongest, and I've seen you benefit from it, yeah. is the networking potential that college yeah. gets you. Oh, yeah. So you have a, you go to visit University yeah. of Michigan all the time. Yeah. You have a lot of friends from there. I've even met a lot of your yeah. friends. So 30 years later, you're keeping in touch with these people, which yes. is really good. I go back with um, Jason, Levon, 
uh, Bursley and uh, Lance I mean, and uh, Brad Meltzer. Yeah. Brad Meltzer's the greatest person ever. Yeah, I mean, uh, how many podcast and, guests have we had from your <laughs> University of Michigan connections? Actually, well, uh, we like Jillian Siegel, who you know yeah. is great. You know, we met uh, Tom Frank. You know, the great comedian. So uh, yeah, a lot of friends. You know, um, so, so so I think there's somebody there. But if outside of the top twenty yeah. schools, how valuable is the net like networking? And I won't call no, out sure. any school in particular, but like uh, just some random yeah. liberal arts school in in yeah. Kentucky. How good is and nothing against Kentucky yeah. or anything, sure. but well, how good, how powerful is the networking? Um, yeah, I think there are because like if you went to Louisville or University of Kentucky, you know, I think there is. I think like what well, I always tell you, like you know, like things work out best for those who make the best of the way things work out. So if you're going to boom, <laughs> but if you go to University of Kentucky and you go there and you all worked at the cat's paws newspaper and you loved it and you uh but if you had been an intern working yes, for the lexington herald leader yeah, yeah or the louisville gazette i don't even yeah, know yeah, yeah. and then you would also yeah. make connections there and then everybody sure, would have been sure, you would have stood sure, out too like oh that's sure. the kid he was so bright yes, at 18 percent yeah there's he brought us that story <laughs> when, he, when we, we were paying him nothing and well yeah it's like in the um jay-z there's a million ways to get it and choose one and i think you know that comes down. It's a choice, right? I, I do think like, if someone wants to go to college, which, you know, the thing is, if your kid wants to go to college and you put your foot down and say, "No, I, I know this all too well," maybe I was a wimp about it. Like my my daughter yeah. does go to college. Maybe I was a wimp about it. I could have said, "Oh no, you, you, I'm not letting you go, and I'm not letting you borrow because that's unhealthy." Yeah. Um, but then, um, then maybe she hates me for the next ten years. I don't think I would have been yeah. able. To deal with that but i also think okay like the expression the problem isn't the problem the problem could become the perception of the problem is the problem about college itself or is the problem with the really aggressive pricing you know today just today i was watching a story about a school in new york and this woman was suing them because she expressed interest in going to devry and she was a single mother and wanted to learn those skills and they were aggressively courted her and they wanted her to pay then she couldn't right. pay and then they kicked her out and then her credit screwed up. She but, doesn't have the degree. And know, by the way, that's another situation yeah. that's even worse, which is those, yeah. those are corporations, yes. Devry, yes. and and University of Phoenix and some other ones. Also, I'm not, not going to be a sponsor to, for uh, our podcast. Uh, I'm I'm not putting them down either. It's just a different category. Yeah, I'm just talking about the oh, general yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. accredited but colleges. I, but I do think like they're for profit thing. They have interest in in you know in in making money. On obviously, you know, like, they have like, these huge endowments. And that's why you see a lot of politicians saying, hey, should college be free? Certainly should community colleges be free, you know? Like, like my my daughter is studying acting. Yes. Which she, wa she was debating between neuroscience or neurobiology and acting. I actually encouraged her to do acting because I feel like that's a skill as opposed to some degree yes, she probably yes. she's probably not going to be a neurobiologist. So some, sure, sure. As, as opposed to some degree she, she could just read about in, in right. books for free and get a skill you know that's not an actual skill whereas acting is a very difficult skill yeah but even there i said to her why not at least take a year off and come to new york city or move yeah. to la and try auditioning for a year because that's the, yes, the bulk 100%. of beginning act acting careers see if you like that lifestyle see if you have that skill set that you can handle psychologically that lifestyle but you know she, she likes the socialization she liked kind of the pseudo extension of yeah. high school 
which I totally disagree with. I think she could have, if she yeah. moved to New York to do auditioning, she would have met all the other kids yeah. who yeah. had the same interests as her and who were also auditioning. And she would have found that tribe there. Yeah. yeah, and and then she would have also learned much more quickly and for much less expense. Uh, she would have learned whether she wanted to pursue that as a career, or she would have made a network of people in other yeah. branches. Yeah. What if of, she said, "Oh, I want to go to Juilliard." I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think I think still she might yeah. not like, you know, you don't want to learn a skill just for the fun of it. If you could, if you have to pay, you know, right. a, a million dollars for it yeah. in the long run with with interest and everything, you, you want to learn a skill. Uh, first of all, if acting is a skill you could learn with an acting coach for much cheaper. Yeah, for sure. And and, and go and experiencing getting on stage is the only way to build a skill like that. So you either get on stage paying a million dollars or you get on stage with them paying you or you get on stage in yeah. some kind of volunteer theater or whatever. So uh, again, I do think though, if someone wants to go to college, yeah. community college for two years and then transferring is yeah. a good way, but a lot of kids don't want to do that either. Yeah, interesting. You know, I, yeah, I, I think, and I watch younger people now and they get in college and I think most older people aren't like, hey, you know, you need to go to this place or you don't, you know, unless they're snobs or they have other, you know, other reasons for pushing people to go to that school. I remember Frank Bruni of the New York Times wrote a great book called like who you are is not where you, where you go is not who you'll be or where you are, you know, and it's, and it's just the idea that, okay, they, he looked at every president, looked at every person who was successful and he looked back and they didn't all go to Harvard or Yale and, or, or. Right, like it's, a, really it's a modern, yeah. it's a modern thing. Kids couldn't get loans yeah. when you and I went to, yeah. we yeah. we couldn't borrow that kind of money. Yeah, That's why since 2004, I think student loan debt's gone from 200 billion to 1.6 trillion because the government, the yeah. US government realized, oh my God, 18 year olds are idiots. They're right. willing to borrow yeah. a quarter million dollars from us, even under the terms where they could never not pay it back because we got them. Yeah. So, so the US government, they're in favor of every student kid in yeah. the world going to college because they're making a ton of money across yeah, absolutely. you know 100 million i think something like how many i think 22 million people have some form of student loan debt and i think at some point there'll be a bubble like kind of like the subprime mortgage but but, but, but it won't be like the subprime and actually yeah. it's funny you say that so a lot of people who who don't fully I mean, you you know more than most people, but a lot of people who don't understand what happened in the financial crisis compare the student loan bubble to the yeah. subprime mortgage bubble. They're different because hedge funds don't, you know, bundle up sure. student loans like derivative, into yeah. derivatives, yeah. yeah, and then sell them with huge leverage. Oh, interesting. So there's sure. no, it, it's impossible for there to be. There might gotcha. be a bubble socially, yeah. but there's not a bubble in terms of like a financial crisis. Gotcha. But in terms of its effect on the financial system, if one group of people have millions, have 1.6 trillion in debt, and another group of people, i.e. the children of rich people, don't have any debt, yeah. this is what increases income inequality. So the children of the rich yeah. people, they're gonna marry other people with yeah. no debt. There's there's studies that show you kind of marry people yeah. in your same financial strata. Who you met at college. Yeah, who you met <laughs> at college, potentially. And then your children, they're not gonna have financial debt so income inequality so yeah. these two sides they become more the separate become, yeah yeah and this is polarized. i think this is what has led to the creation of the extremes politically donald trump on one side and let's say the bernie sanders on the other side is that you know we're getting more and more 
uh, separate as a society. And I think sure. income inequality is getting more separate. And I think the source of that is actually student loan debt. And I know it's all with good intentions. So yeah. when Lyndon B. Johnson started backing student loans, when the GI Bill started paying veterans to go to college, these are the best intentions. Get people an education. It was sure. good thinking. But the net effect of it 50 years later is that income inequality is greater. So you just have to be, you can't unintended be- Unintended consequences. Right, it's it, unintended yeah. consequences. And you can't, you can't be for one without understanding it affects the other thing. Otherwise there's hypocrisy. So if you're fine with income inequality, uh, which, which is not really good for society in the long term. It, it, you know, the only way income inequality has, there's a book, the great leveler by, um, I forget the author now, but there's a book, uh, that goes through the history of every single society in history that had, uh, larger than normal income yeah. inequality, kind of like the income inequality we have in America. And they, ba he basically concluded it only ended through either war or disease. Oh wow! And uh, like Germany being an example in yeah. the, uh, after World War One, uh, and, and so on. There's many examples. He, he gave like a thousand examples. But uh, uh, you know, I don't know what the solution is because yeah. I, I think the only solution is is the government stop backing student loans. But so many people will say that's uh, so many people who are not thinking 50 years yeah, ahead. Right. You know, we're all thinking 50 years ahead when it comes to climate change. Right. Like people are obsessed. With, no, you got to think about your great grandchildren who don't even exist yet. They're not even like. Yeah. And I, but I also think like, okay, you could say, okay, well, some of those people shouldn't go to these schools. And then that may not be the answer either because, you know, that's not, you know, like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, that just perpetuates that, okay, only the really wealthy people are going to go to the quote unquote most prestigious schools. Well, what right. will happen is, uh, Henry Blodgett pointed this out to me 10 years ago. If Harvard raised their tuition to 300,000 a year, yeah. a year, right yeah. now it's 66,000 a year. If they raise their tuition to 300,000 a year, they would still fill every spot. Wow. Because the the rich yeah, would send yeah. their kids, the kings would yeah. send their kids there. Yeah, wow. And uh, he's probably right. I mean, yeah, he went to Harvard, so he has the sense yeah. of the value of the networking and the connections yeah. that he got. Um, you know, he infamously uh, became yeah. the face of the bust yeah. of the internet, but then he sold Business Insider 15 years later for 300 yeah. million. So he's he's had his, his ups and downs, but smart Seems guy like he's got some ups lately <laughs> yeah he's had more ups than downs lately certainly yeah um but you know again but you do but it does speak about that because i i happen to read the book billion dollar whale and they talked about joe Lowe and he went to warden and met all these people that wound up you know in, from schools and yeah there's a certain degree of elitism and right so, yeah, so yeah. elitism networking but again yeah. that's a book about a guy who yes. stole a billion dollars from malaysia correct so it's not like anybody's learning values in these schools that's true too yes. <laughs> so so there's a lot of things you can learn like i spoke to a guy once on I, you know i had this podcast for a while ask altacher so this yeah. was three or four years ago i spoke to a guy who did the entire four-year mit computer science degree Right. online you know they put their entire oh, wow. syllabus yeah. and curriculum yeah. online they take videos of all the courses he did he watched all the videos he took all the he did all the homework and got it graded right. he, he, he took all the tests uh he did it all within 12 months instead of four instead of four years wow so he knows he was proof that you can get the skill wow. faster and cheaper he paid sure. nothing for it wow. but what what did he not get he did not get a degree wow so, so the degree you got to pay a quarter million dollars sure. for and then with interest a million dollars for yeah wow so so what's 
what's the the yeah. point? Um, uh, and again, I imagine I love- it comes down to most people, let alone at fifty, at eighteen. Well, maybe more people are likely to have the confidence to say, "I don't need all that." You know, I don't need. But I think there are times in your life you get socialized, and you need that. You need to wear a certain type of clothing. You need to go to a certain type of school. You need to eat at a certain kind of restaurant. Drive a certain kind of car. You know, I feel, you know, people in marketing talk about like you buy things because how it makes you feel, and you do things because how it makes you feel. Yeah, and, but, but but just think yeah. about it though. Like your body, if something makes you feel something because an advertiser, yes, like why would yes. you drink a Coca Cola? It's because advertisers for hundred years yes. are saying, oh, Coca is it. You know, right. taste the real thing. Um, but but. If you look at the actual numbers, yeah. you basically just with these first two commandments, yeah. owning a home and going to college, which everybody does, you basically cost yourself between one and $5 million, depending on how you do it in, in the time of your life, which was the money you needed to retire. And, yes. and uh, without doing anything else, you could have just by not owning a home and not going to college, all of your kids- yes will be able to take care of themselves. Wow. Uh, and if you're 18, considering college, uh, yeah, y- you know, you, you, this is an important, you have to think about your future and you don't think about your future by getting a, a neurobiology degree you're never going to yeah. use. You think about your future by working, by b- skill acquisition, which people, end yes. up, after your first job anyway, people only value your skills. They don't value your degree. First sure. job is the only one they might say, hey, what was your degree? Yeah. Um, we only went through two <laughs> of the ten commandments of the American religion, uh, uh, you know, and 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 another thing we can veer well, into is people to read it, you know. And well, well, we should well, post it. Uh, no, yeah. we'll, we'll 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 do the next block. Oh, then yeah. I also want to do ten ten scams you encounter every day. We're gonna bleed okay, into that. Perfect. And but if anybody wants to argue with me on social media, which is the only purpose of social media now, is arguing because. They love it when you argue on social media because that's how they make money for every argument you have. Basically, yeah. like I see all these people going back and forth. Well, I guess you don't have any morals. Well, I guess you're <laughs> like a Hitler. And every time everybody reloads to see, oh, did they respond to my fascinating yeah. argument that I made from my suburban air conditioned home with my Ivy League degree I spent a million dollars for? Every time you click on a reload like an idiot. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, they all make money. So if you want to argue with me on Twitter about this or make some good points, which I will respond to, <laughs> uh, let me know. And if you have any other commandments that you want to hear about or, or that you think are you know scams in American culture and society or world culture and society, tweet to me or tweet to Steve yes. who doesn't have a tweeting I'm going to have one. I'm going to have one. And that is something that- takes uh, three I know, minutes. I'm doing it. I got it. You're right. Um, like I like to say, like why put it for tomorrow, which you can do the day after tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> do you think I'm too hard said, on you? I on said, these no. Podcasts? I think you're 100 right. I think kind of mean. No, not at all. No, honestly, Steve's the best. No, I'm not. No, I think it's good. I think like um, can't stand the heat. Then get out of the kitchen. Well, we taste. You know? And uh, we're we're going. This. Is, oh, let me just tell you how great Steve is. Yeah. Supreme. <laughs> no Supreme Court justice <laughs> has gone on any podcast. Yeah. Next Monday which is going to be yeah. before this podcast voice. airs. Next Monday, we're going to the U.S. Supreme Court yes. and talking to Sonia Sotomayor. Yes. And and uh, I'm super excited about it. And Steve's the only 
producer, I yeah, think, who could have landed I, that. I think um, I'm excited about that, and hopefully we'll get some other people in D.C. for you guys to listen to. Did but you call? Did you honestly? Did you call Barack Obama? I, I did. We have Obama. we have reached out to him, and we uh, hopefully uh, he can make it again. If you don't ask, the answer is always no for you people out there. So uh, hey, can we I'm talk pl- to Betsy DeVos? <laughs> Department oh, from, of Education Secretary. Yeah, for sure. Talk I, about that's college. a great idea, for sure. And Elijah and, Cummings, and you're going to reach out to? And they used to be at uh, Dick DeVos at, um, you know, they started Amway. You know, that's, oh, yeah. uh, that's that family. You know, and I think she's kind of a controversial person. I'd also, uh, yeah, I think, um, like, I think oh, it'd know, be terrific. Yeah. You know what I want to talk and about, And if anybody too? out there in, in our um, audio experience land, uh, if you want, want to suggest any people to me at my... Um, soon to be uh open twitter account uh <laughs> then uh you'll let me know and uh or james can retweet it to me because he's an early adapter and uh but i'm excited to interact with you all with all positive thoughts like all social media is like only positive interactions um okay well I'm jack dorsey i'm excited to be working with you soon on twitter <laughs> Hey, can we get Jack Dorsey on the podcast? Yeah, he's done every She's other on podcast. Joe Rogan's. He, yes. And he was on he Ben did, Shapiro's. He did um Bill he Simmons. He did uh Sam Harris's. He oh, Sam did Harris. Joe Sam Rogan's. Harris, yeah. Uh and you know, you know, here's one that's not I've never written about this, but here's a topic I want to talk about. Maybe not on this podcast, obviously, but on the ne- one of the next few. But um there was an op-ed. I, I don't know what newspaper because I don't read the news, but it was either yeah. New York Times or Washington Post or something like that. Um, there was an op-ed that billionaires shouldn't be, or no, it was called Ban Billionaires, right? Yeah, yeah, I think. So I, I, I want to, since I have a book coming out called Think Like a Billionaire, and because we've interviewed so many yeah. billionaires, I really think it's, and then, you know, AOC, the yeah. you know the congresswoman, who such a great strategist and campaigner, I completely disagree with her on almost every economic issue. Um, but she even said about Howard Schultz running for, and I'm not yeah. saying Howard Schultz will be good or bad. I know nothing sure, about him sure, politically. Sure. But she even said, why don't you start from the bottom and rise up? Which is such a weird thing to say because this is a guy who's created a, a million jobs. Yeah, 100%. You know, and has worked his whole life, you know, creating you know, and having an impact on culture. And he's such a charitable uh, philanthropist and, yeah. and so on. Anyway, that's a topic that's interesting to me Absolutely. too. Like, yeah. And-, and I think the income inequality created by this college stuff is causing these op- ridiculous op-eds like that. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's definitely, yeah. I mean, if that's a, you know, you've done the math and I think that it has led to a lot of it because if these people are always, you know, in quicksand and, and you know. They get angry. Yeah, yes. So, so Jay is telling us we have to wrap. There's another thanks, podcast Jay. coming in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve, thanks so much. Thanks so much. And uh, audience, please tell me if you like this kind of podcast or not, and feel free to contribute your thoughts and opinions. You can even email me, uh, altacher at gmail.com, or call me at 203-512-2161, and um, talk to you soon.